0: Struggling to connect with buyers in an overcrowded, noisy sales landscape? Today's buyers want more than a spray-and-pray email blast. Launch a podcast and collaborate on content with people that matter most in your industry. Learn more at salesculture.work. Struggling to connect with buyers in an overcrowded, noisy sales landscape? Today's buyers want more than a spray-and-pray email blast launch a podcast and collaborate on content with people that matter most in your industry learn more at salesculture.work
1: your point they were like you got to call them you got to email them you got to get in their face it's the only way you're going to get hired so no i didn't i didn't fill out a resume at all
0: expect that thousand percent so after you got the meeting yeah how did you convince the owners to say i'm going to give this kid a shot
1: i I researched them like crazy. Did you? Okay. Yeah. So I, I literally came in and I was like, they asked me questions and then I would just like add value on top. And then they asked me like, oh, what do you want to do in five years? And I was like, well, I actually watched your interview and you said you didn't know what you want to do in five years. So they <laughs> answered this for me. Like, I don't really know yet either. And they were like, wait, whoa, like who is this kid? I yeah. just watched their interview
0: what's up everyone this is joe lemon thank you so much for tuning in to the real value exchange and so you just heard a quick clip from morgan j ingram man this is going to be a fun fun interview we actually did this one live out of atlanta uh, right after thanksgiving actually so i caught him right when he was putting his goals together and we we talked we really broke down some of the, some of the huge ambitions he has and if you guys aren't Familiar with Morgan J. Ingram, man, he's a beast when it comes to sales. When it comes to sales training, so you guys will get a lot from this interview. We get practical. We talk about that. We talked about just the whole state of Atlanta culture, and we recorded this out of the legendary patchwork studios so with that said guys i'm not going to hesitate i want to get right into the episode and um <laughs> and we didn't talk about it at all but you know one of the things i'm working on the side that you should totally check out is salesculture.work it's this podcasting agency that we're uh, blooming up to be with this b2b production uh powerhouse so i won't get into it too much here go to salesculture.org so you can get those uh insights if you're interested and with that said let's dive into the show I never really
1: paid attention to him, but when I found out his work, it, like, really intrigued me. And so that show was amazing. He uh, he announced the lineup, like, a day before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he had a good lineup. It was, like, Young Thug, Post Malone, Ray Schumer. Uh, Gunner was there. Shaq West was there. Yeah. Lil Wayne was there. It was, like, all the people that I love. So yeah. it was awesome. So it was definitely... One of the best experiences I've had from a music festival standpoint, like raged out, lost my Astrold hat, broke my shades,
0: right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went
1: Astrold and I lost some stuff, but I knew that was gonna happen, so that was good.
0: Man, you know what? Um, I heard that. I'm not sure if this is true either, but I heard that Travis Scott pulls out a lot of his seats. That's
1: the reason why I love Travis Scott so much because of his energy. He comes out and he gives it his all, and if you watch him like in interviews and just in general, he's super chill. It's like it resonates with me because i'm the same way yeah. like if i'm not like doing an interview if i'm not speaking in front of people like i'm just chill i'm just trying to like reserve that energy because you want to give it your all like when you're performing so i resonate with him that way any he, any he made a change right if you saw him in the beginning he was rapping he was identical to kid Cudi. he sounded exactly like him yeah and then he changed his entire sound and obviously that elevated him so when i first started speaking eric thomas
0: that's awesome, my guy. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, my, that's guy. my guy. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent.
1: So I used to speak exactly like him, mm-hmm. like same thing, same intros, same outros, and obviously I didn't get very far because of that. And then yeah. I had to find my own voice, and then that's when kind of when I accelerated. So I see the same likeness that he did, and the same thing as me. That's why like he's one of my favorites,
0: bro. You know, um, I can really get with that though, man. Because when I first started podcasting, almost about two years ago now, yeah. I mean, I was I was just trying to sound like Gary V. I was on you right know exactly, I mean? yeah. I mean, because you have these people who you. Not so much idolized, but people that you um respect and you're like, okay, this is something that I can kind of gravitate towards as well. Right. And but then at some point you gotta realize and say, hold up, wait, wait. I gotta carve out my own niche, I gotta carve out my own lane, I gotta be me. Exactly. You know, and um that's a process, bro.
1: You gotta figure out there's a lot of people that you probably follow. So there's like a Gary V's, right? Like mm-hmm. of the world, and then you have like Tom Billieu who has his own podcast, yeah, you got Lewis strong. Howes, yep. right? You got all these people out there and what happens is, yeah, you want to follow them because they have millions of followers like The Rock, right? You want to be like, I want to be exactly like them. But what you have to do is you have to take components of them that you like, integrate it in your strategy, and then be yourself. So that's, again, that's hard to do. But what you have to do at first is figure out, like, okay, so how do I sound when I'm talking to my friends? Like, how do I sound when I'm talking to my family members? And then have that same cadence. Because I was trying to do things that just wasn't me. And then I changed and was like, wait, who am I? And then I realized, okay, these are my core values. This is what I stand for. And that's what helped evolve it
0: Yo, I love this shit already, man. This is gonna be an amazing podcast. Oh yeah, I gotta welcome you on properly though. So I wanna welcome Morgan J Ingram on to the Sales Culture Podcast, man. I love that we just kind of flowed right into it, man. And um, I like what you're doing online too, though, man. Especially with your YouTube channel. Yeah, I've kind of been watching um Jay Burrows for a while now because I think he just drops quality content for sales. I've been doing sales now for almost about a decade, about eight and a half to be exact. And um, he just you know has like that that real practical wisdom about you know oh, going yeah. through the sales process. Yeah. And so I've been watching both of you guys, you know. And so I want to dive into your history a little bit though. Cause this one's this one's is something interesting because especially after you talked about some of the goals you had for 2019. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, gonna put it up that? Yeah, 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 yeah I saw that bro <laughs> <laughs> And then I saw harassing the hell out of you. I was like yo, Jay. I was like Morgan where you at, man you free come through and so and so we're actually doing this, we're actually doing this episode post Thanksgiving. So you know it's a little hectic during the holiday season. Yeah. But, um, but, man, um, how are you coming up, though, man? Like, Because if you don't mind, just kind of give us people some insight, how you got your first sales job, how you got into the industry. Maybe, maybe kind of give us some background on you first.
1: Yeah, so nothing, nothing too crazy or special, here, and I don't want to go through a history lesson for everybody, but I'll give you quick context so you understand where I'm coming from. So I, I say really everything started for me when I really saw the light and elevated was my mom gave me my first personal development book when I was 16, 17 years old. Oh. And it was called How to Get Your Dream Job, and the author's name is Pete Lyman. And I read that book, and in reading that book, I'd read a lot of books before, and I realized, you know what, I'm just going to do everything this book says. Hmm. Like, why not, right? What's the worst thing that can happen? Like, nothing, right? Bro. Best thing that happens is something happens.
0: Very true, man. And you know, what's interesting about that, I hate to jump in really quick, but it's like um, a lot of 16-year-olds don't have that mentality, though. Yeah, A lot of 16-year-olds, <laughs> at least me, you know I mean, I'm yeah. me, and my, you know, me and my friends were like, look, we're going to go figure this out. Right. You, know? yeah. you don't have to tell me anything. I'm the only 16-year-old who's ever done it, how I'm going to do it, Yeah. you know, because you're bullheaded, right, or whatever. Um. So that's pretty cool that you had that insight then. Yeah, and so yeah. I
1: was just like, let's do it. So I just started reaching out to executives with certain emails that literally was templated in there, and I just started just reaching out. Wow. I got some responses, had some really good meetings. At 16? 16. 16, 17 years old, yeah. Oh. So this is like, I mean... At the beginning, it was people, like, locally. So it was, like, local, um, like, people in the sports department. So, like, a VP of something. Or I know one guy I met was the, uh, the uh, athletic director uh, Georgia Tech College. I met with him. So it was just, like, these little things that I was doing. And yeah. I was like, oh, this works. And so when I got into college, I just elevated it. So – I got to talk to the GM of Fox Sports South, VP of Sales at the NBA. And then also the, the one that I'm still to this day baffled he responded, and we actually had a conversation, was the owner of the Atlanta Hawks. Wow. Yeah.
0: Which one? Because there's like a couple Bruce, of them.
1: Bruce Levinson.
0: Oh, dope. Man. Yeah.
1: So we had like a 15, 20-minute conversation. He literally was like, this is what you need to do. And I was like, what? like that conversation to me this day, I still have no idea what why. What did he say? He, I mean, he just was like, it, it helped me today. He was just like, hey, look, at the end of the day, like, you need to build a brand that's going to help you stand out. Uh and then he said you need to like listen to everything that everyone says that's like above your position and execute on it. He's like, "Hey, you need to work before you get in the work and then you know after." He's like, "You need to have good connections. Like he said everything that you get, like you need to invest into something, like build multiple streams." Like and he just broke it down for me. He was like, "This is what you need to do." And like I'm in college, so I'm like, this is all information. I'm like, "What am I going to do with all this?" But now I, I understand that and for me like I'm because of those conversations I'm way more comfortable talking to really anybody. Like I don't really care at this point because I don't know, talking to an owner of Atlanta Hawks like that guy's more money than we all can imagine, right? Like, especially <laughs> like, especially
0: doing that like in college, bro. I mean like man, that's like a power play for you though. To have that yeah. to really just have that conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you can get the wisdom from a lot of places. Right. Especially these days. I mean, there's tons of videos, there's tons of blog posts, yeah, yeah. tons of podcasts out there. Everybody's dropping jewels. But it's like to have that personal connection, that conversation, I'm sure had something that really resonated with you that might be a little bit different than as if you just saw it on TV or something. I think
1: I think it showed me that even the most experienced and wealthy people are willing to give you knowledge. And that's what really showed me. And so and after that, like that's when confidence really skyrocketed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in college, I was like doing a ton of different things. I was director of sports for. organization called professional entertainment sports association it was at uga so i sold sponsorships there um got involved across the board uh i guess for context first thing i ever sold was pokemon cards yeah yeah, so i'm actually (laughs) yeah yeah, so i'm actually about to i'm actually about to get back in the game soon and start selling pokemon cards are you serious i'm i think i'm thinking about it i was like you know i'm gonna start doing it again it's been a while but i want to do it
0: why would you do it i'm just curious oh just just for fun Okay.
1: Just for fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm already actively selling, anyways. Yeah. So I'd be like, you know what? Let me just try to do it again. Let's see if the game has changed. Yeah. Uh, and I told my friends I was going to do it, and they're like, all right, we'll get involved too. So they make it a team thing. Like,
0: and I'm like, there's something about just selling what you like just naturally are into and love right. that you would do for free or that you did for free back in the day. Exactly. There's something that's kind of, you know. I don't know. There's something to it. There is something to it, man. There's something to it.
1: That's why. Yeah. So, so when through nostalgic type of feeling, oh, right? Oh yeah, that's yeah. exactly why. And I saw the poem. Yeah. And I was like, let me, let me do it again, you know, just just for fun and have yep. and have a kick with it. So did did all that, and then my because I actually in UGA, so I went to UGA. I wanted to be a sports agent, so that was like for as soon as I got to college, that's what I wanted to do, and finance and sports management. So I double major to get there, and. Uh, basically at the end of the day, they told me how to go to law school and I had talked to multiple agents and uh, to, we had a ton of people that we had talked to. I knew a former NFL player at Athens that I worked at his shop and he met and he told me about our sports agents. We had conversations and at the end of the day, they were like, you got to go to law school. And I was just like, "I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like it's just not happening. Like I'm not getting in more debt. Like that's I just don't want to do that. Know
0: yourself. (laughs) Yeah. So like after
1: that, I was like, what am I gonna do? So spring semester and senior year, where most people are doing crazy stuff. They wanna, you know, get all the litness out of them, right? Yep. Uh, I decided to start a company. So that company was a video game company hosting video game tournaments on college campuses. Oh dope. So we went to like local organizations, local shops, restaurants, fraternity sorties. Hosted the video game tournaments, and basically we just leverage. We would I would send people in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to take screenshots of the location, and then take screenshots of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then we would come in and be like, "Hey guys, so your foot traffic looks like this on Tuesday. Your foot traffic looks like this on Saturday. Like we can bring more people on Tuesday because the gamers are at home anyways, and we can get them in here." Wow. So that was our that was our, our unique selling point.
0: That's still a good business right now. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, Especially, I mean, like, yeah. game is game is major, man. It's all right. I mean, because yeah. you were doing um, ABM for a while, right? With terminus. with terminus, yeah,
1: yeah. So that the fact that I'm even <laughs> with John is is a crazy story in itself. So
0: John's a killer, too, though. He, he is. He is. He has been
1: amazing. And so how that worked is, I after I stopped doing the company, I went to the Atlanta Tech Village, which is local to Atlanta here, and then went in there. Someone told me about Terminus had funding. Cold called the director of sales. <laughs> got the got the got the interview. Uh basically I'm all right out of college, right? So they're like, we don't know if we want to take you or not. Right. Basically sold them on. I got offered on the spot. Wow. Uh took the job. And then essentially I was the youngest person in the company. And I knew, hey, look, I have to grind harder than everybody. Basically, I gotta come in hot. So hit hit those numbers, started the YouTube channel, which is the SCR Chronicles, and yeah. evolved into now, which is a podcast. And that as, that YouTube channel and creating that content is the catalyst for where I'm at today because two and a half years ago, yeah, two and a half years ago now, there was not, not, there was really no one talking about sales development as content. Right. I mean, everyone in the world now is. And then also there was no one actually creating brand or videos on LinkedIn for the most part. Mm. It was very, very seldom. Like oh. if you go back two years ago, there really wasn't that many people. So the fact that I was doing that was so different and it was so out there, that's why a lot of people gravitated towards it. And that helped me grow my brand to then get promoted to SDR manager at 13 reps and then John found one of my videos on YouTube
0: ah. when I got
1: promoted. That put me on, and then he found me at an event. We had a conversation, and then three months later, he said, let's work together. And then two months later, I joined his team.
0: That's crazy, bro. So, I mean, there's there's a couple things I want to I wanna harp on for a second here. One, that you were fresh out of college, and you were able to get a job by cold calling someone. Yeah. Did you also do, like, the whole resume process as well, or did, or did you just go in cold?
1: I so based on all the so based on all the other conversations I had in college Mm. and the books I read, they all told me don't fill out a resume. Yeah, they're like, don't even do that. They said be unique, like show up to the office, call them, like send an email to them. They were like, they're so and like they they would show me like people that were hiring like the VPs and stuff. They're like, yeah, we have like 5,000 resumes just sitting here. And like the fact I'm not going, I'm not going through all of them. My assistant may go through a couple. But like that's not gonna be the unique selling point. They were like, you gotta call them, you gotta email them, you gotta get in their face. That's the only way you're gonna get hired. So no, I didn't, I didn't fill out a resume at all.
0: Respect that a thousand percent. So after you got the meeting, yeah, how did you convince the owners to say, I'm gonna give this kid a shot?
1: I I researched them like crazy. Did you? Yeah. So I I literally came in and I was like, they asked me questions, and then I would just like add value on top of that. Like, hey, yeah, I heard, I saw your interview. Like, I'd watched their interviews before. I was like, Yeah, I saw an interview and you said this. And then they asked me like oh what do you want to do in five years i was like well i actually watched your interview and you said you didn't know what you want to do in five years so same <laughs> answers for me like i don't really know yet either and they were like wait whoa like who is this kid i just yeah. watched their interviews i watched all the videos from the website i read the blog post i read the job description and i just basically was like here this is what i think this is where this is going mm-hmm. and i gave them those accurate statements and that's what really helped me get that job because they saw that i actually did the research which even when I was interviewing like people that were coming in our company, that I was so shocked when people didn't do the research, like people would just go through the motions, like I don't understand how I just really don't understand how people do that. man, <laughs> it baffles me. It's like you're coming here to get an interview and you're not just
0: gonna go on the website and get like a couple nuggets. People do it every day too, though. People talk about a lot of times that they don't um they don't see a direct correlation between doing this branding, this like soft type of approach through podcasting, blog writing. They don't see those line up with hard numbers. Right. And I'm like, you know what? Um, a lot of times I tell them, it's like, man, I feel like it's a lot like playing the actual stock market. Yeah. You have to be in it, though. Right. Because one day it's going to hit.
1: Yeah.
0: If you're not in it, you're definitely not going to hit. Right. You know, I'm not saying it's going to equals, it's not going to have a direct sale as soon as you post that, you know? Yeah. But if you stay in the game for a year, all it takes is one good handshake, one good interview. Yeah. And then you're on, a, you know, off to the races, man. Exactly. I think that's super dope that you're doing that, though, man. So, yeah. all right. Tell me about where you are now, though, man, because you guys are doing some crazy work. (laughs) Dude, you're traveling around and you're training people now, right? Yes. Talk about that process a little bit.
1: Yeah. So essentially what I'm doing now is I'm focusing on the prospecting. So top of the funnel, lead, lead gen aspect. So everything that I did at Terminus, everything I'm doing now, all the people I've interviewed, I'm teaching people those tactics and those strategies. And then there's live application. So what we've realized is that a lot of people just don't know how to break into accounts. They don't know how to prospect. They don't know how to make calls. They know how to sell, but they don't want to do that process. So that's one point that I'm coming in and I'm teaching like salespeople how to do that. And so that's why I travel a lot because I go on site to those companies.
0: What do you think the biggest struggle is that you're seeing with a lot of these companies that are trying to break into these other accounts? And you know, I mean, when you're going around training people, what do you think the biggest hurdle for most of these people are if you would give some advice?
1: I would say it's it's messaging and then there's no process. So, because most people's product is really good, so it's easy. So, an example is like, let's say a grocery store, right? Like, you don't really need to market a grocery You don't have those cashiers only to sell you on what you need to buy. Like, I need bread. Like, yeah. <laughs> I need milk. I need orange juice. I'm like,
0: coming in. <laughs> I got to
1: come in. There's no process to get me to come. I have to get these things, right? right? It's the same thing in the market. Like, if a product's really good and you need it, then the- there doesn't really need to be a process because people are going to come anyways. So what ends up happening is people that have a ton of inbounds or their process is really good, their outbound team is not as good because they didn't really need that process in the first place. So I that's what I see is like the process or the messaging is broken because they really haven't need to fine tune that because they're just getting meetings anyways. And so if you're if you're getting results, like why would you change it? And that's the big thing that a lot of people face.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, and and but I can see how it's so easy to just kind of get into that whole, um, into that whole, you know routine of just kind right. of doing the same things because maybe you, you had a couple big wins because you have an awesome product. And if you don't have a great product, you're going to get pretty much exposed either way. Right. So that's not going to sell. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, so so if you start building those bad habits of not doing the, the work up front. Yeah. People won't come through the door. Exactly. What's the main industries that you guys work with? Are you, are, are you guys all across the board? It's, or a sort of it's all
1: across. I mean, it's all across the board. Like we've gone in, you know, manufacturing. We okay. worked with people that are in completely different industries. Interesting. Oil and gas. But I mean, that's a whole different cell. And I'm actually, I'm personally for next year, more intrigued to work with people in those abstract industries because it challenges me to learn more and for understanding. Like first, because we mostly work with SaaS to answer your question. So like a Salesforce, like a Google, right? Like a Tableau. But those companies, like at the end of the day, it's like the SaaS technology is all a big bubble. So we all live in this bubble of like, this is where we're at. But for me, there's so much stuff outside of that that is going on. Like, there's a ton of stuff that, you know, locally like Georgia Pacific is doing, right? They're evolving and they're trying to innovate even though they're a billion-dollar company. Like, Coca-Cola is the same way. So, like, Home Depot. So, it's like, those are companies i like to work with that I'm trying to work with because I want to understand a whole aspect of business that I have not even been exposed to. But we mostly work in SaaS because they are trying to be innovative and continuously push the envelope.
0: Man, you know what's what's interesting about that? So, I'm currently working in, like, healthcare, right? Yeah. I, I sell... Medical devices like hospitals and sports teams and those type of people. And the processes that I've been trying to implement, I've been stealing from you and Jay. I mean, yeah. honestly. And it's and it's one of those things where I'm bringing it to them. They're like, Wow, we never thought about that. I'm like, you guys never thought about blogging. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, what are you talking about? So old school. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean like because they're stuck in their ways. Yeah, yeah. You know, and especially in healthcare where it's like now we're just gonna start looking at trying to um implement a lot of basic business practices into healthcare, yeah, because that's where it's going now like in the past everything was all insurance based but what we're seeing now is a shift that people are willing to pay cash for certain services so lots of these doctors lots of these devices have to start marketing themselves just like the googles just like any other you know basic business practices that they haven't implemented before and this is a new thing for them so um you guys will probably hit hit some home runs in that industry for sure yeah cool man all right all right man so all right we already started leaning into next year a little bit man um Talk about some of your plans for next year, man. All
1: right, I got I got big plans. Yeah. So every, pretty much every year, I I'm the most aggressive goal setter of all time. Okay. So I'll say things that people think they're outlandish, <laughs> but because I don't know, people are starting to believe me now. So I'm like, wait, hold up. <laughs> like,
0: I was so. Yeah. That's
1: good, but like I'm like I say some pretty crazy stuff. So for me. One big goal that I have, it may not happen in 2019, but it is a 2019 staple goal, is to be the first professional speaker, sales trainer, to ever be sponsored by Stance Socks. Yeah. So, if you guys haven't seen Stance Socks, like, they, they sponsor Klay Thompson, they have Dwayne Wade, a couple people of that nature. I think they're James Harden as well. So, they're, like, a sock brand, and they're blowing up, And they but they do not have a professional speaker. And I don't think a professional speaker or a sales trainer has ever been sponsored by any, like, sock brand or anything of that nature. So i'm trying to get that so i've been blown i'm gonna keep, continue to blow them up and i'm gonna continue to be on the radar um but that's like one of my big goals uh, another one is to do so we have like on-site trainings that we're like basically have to go do i want to go do a hundred of those next year okay so i'm trying to be the biggest travel warrior of all time so you can see the instagram if you follow me you're gonna see a lot of travel that's what i'm trying to do you
0: aren't gonna be home at all next year man my,
1: might not be <laughs>
0: but <laughs> but good.
1: the thing is like it's it's the long it's the short term, long term. Like, you know, sometimes you gotta do stuff like right now that may seem like ridiculous, but for the long term, like this is what I have to do right now. So like that's why I'm committed to it and grounded in it. And then additionally, I wanna be able to at least visit five to seven countries. That's not that's not for pleasure, that's for work. So basically I can go travel globally to go train any team. So I was in Amsterdam, India this year. So I'm trying to go to more and that's one of my goals. So those are things that I'm like currently focused on and like that's what I'm trying to do. And you know I'm just trying to impact as many people as possible. And another big one is I'm trying to tr- like prospect, close, and then go deliver a training for like a Fortune 500 company. That like I had like no contact at all. Like I got in there, they liked my message, and I delivered it and as well. So like those are my goals, and I'm very like locked in on it. Like this week has been all strategy. Like I have like documents everywhere, yeah. and like I've been like jacked up this entire week. And people are like, "Oh, you're gonna take a break?" And I'm like, "No, I'm actually have more energy now." than ever before because of like what I see is possible so there's a couple goals though
0: how do you keep your actual zeal for just life with like trying to manage some of these massive goals yeah I mean because I think a lot of times I see a lot of my, I see a lot of people they they of have course. massive goals and like all right man I'm in and you know how it is yeah I was like a personal trainer for uh sh- shit like uh, seven eight years maybe okay. and so people come in january one the gym's flooded <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> you know, funny, yeah you know the flood that everybody's fired here up, yeah, yeah. mother dropped 100 pounds <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah. all right let's do it right come around march yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe 20 is cool this year you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean so how do you kind of maintain some of that zeal for me i I,
1: I think i'm already just jacked up and fired up as well but i think the big thing is because i have this massive goal that i like write down everywhere mm-hmm. And so my big, big one is to be the best motivator of all time. Mm. So because of that goal and I've already set it, yeah. like I'm pretty much obligated to continue work and it makes me fired up because like, that's such a big goal that I can't really slack on the other goals that I make. So that's just kind of like a psychological thing that I've like psyched myself and, into myself. Like mm-hmm. I have to be motivated. But I think another thing is just like, when I say a goal out loud, like now I'm on notice. Hey, yeah. like that's why I do it because it like it forces me to be like, wait, yeah, I said that. Like I may have only gotten like 30 likes, but probably two thousand, three thousand people probably saw it. Yeah, they didn't say anything. Yeah, now they're watching. So like that's pretty much why I do it because it now is an obligation that like I have to go do this because now people are expected to see that result.
0: I love it, man. You know what, man? We are about to wrap it up, man. And you know, I think this whole idea with like that you're trying to do with stand socks. It's so time. I think the timing of it. Yeah. Is just <laughs> like, it's just like, it's perfect though. Right. I mean, because I mean, never before have I seen business people, people are interested in, in business people. Right. And it's like sexy too though. It's it's not how it used to be. Like, oh, this is dry. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? This is a business podcast. Right. We started talking about Travis Scott. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, like, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's the perfect timing for this type of movement though, man. Yeah. So dude, I wish you much Success next year, man. But uh please tell everybody how to find you uh and your actual YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, so very simple. It's just Morgan J. Ingram and that's on Instagram, that's on Twitter, and also on LinkedIn. LinkedIn are very responsive, and then the YouTube channel podcast is the SDR Chronicles. Dude, I really
0: appreciate this uh, this whole time of it. I'm glad we got this in at Patchwork, man. Yeah, exactly. It's been perfect way to start the year, bro. Exactly. All right, Morgan, thank you. Cool,